Orange is the colour, but Verstappen's not the name. Let's get started. Seven-time champion of the world! So yes, Daniel Ricciardo qualified in fifth, was able to get up to second courtesy of sprint qualifying and he was able, believe this or not, to win the race. Yes, this is 2021, not 2017. He is driving for McLaren and not only was it McLaren win the first time since about 2010, it was the first 1-2 for McLaren since Canada 2010 with Lando Norris finish, finishing second. So what do we think about that crazy race of the fact that, you know, uh, Max Verstappen crashed out, Hamilton crashed out, and the two orange cars were the ones standing on the first and second plinth of the podium. Well, I'm personally overjoyed, and I think we all are. We've we've no, we've not you know hidden the fact that we're McLaren fans. Woo, and, McLaren! Uh, woo, McLaren! Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know it 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 kind of feels. Personally, I haven't really. It hasn't really sunk in. I know that sounds really stupid, but can you imagine how they must feel <laughs> if it's not sunken in for me? Um, I just mm. feel a little bit like. Like, def- is it, did it definitely happen? Because when I, I remember thinking when Lando got a podium for the first time, it felt so crazy and like so brilliant, so exciting. And now they've gone and done this. It doesn't. I haven't acknowledged it in the same way. Like they've got a one-two, and with Dan and for Daniel as well. I think it's really worth noting that this was massive for him. Like I think for I mean Daniel Ricciardo's never lacking confidence. Let's face it. But you know, in some ways he was having a bit of a rough time, and. If, you know as close as you can get as Daniel Ricciardo can get to lacking confidence is what was happening there and you know it was frustrating for him he's moved around um you know thinking it would be for the best and maybe it wasn't uh he was considering it wasn't and here we go you know they did have some luck I think we can all agree that there was some luck in this in this result but you know what they deserve it you know that team has been fighting you know for the past couple of years up there with the big teams where they belong and I think it was only a matter of time before they had a win this year would I have predicted it was Lando, perhaps? But um, I think they work really well as a team. You know, both drivers clearly care about the team a lot. I'm sure we'll come to talk about Lando's, you know, attitude and how how great he is as a team member. But yeah, what how they deserved that so much, and it was absolutely incredible to see them all celebrating as a team. Oh, I haven't I haven't celebrated a win in in Formula One for for such a time. <laughs> it's such a big win as well it's it's weird when you support a team that used to be brilliant and then isn't good for a while and then you 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 kind of you kind of then go into a weekend being like oh yeah third that's good mm-hmm. they're good mm-hmm. but yeah. it's not the same and, and a one podium wasn't enough this weekend no 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 two po you know two on the podium and that's not enough it's yeah. got to be a one two finish <laughs> yeah oh Oh, so exciting. They have been atrocious. And I went and saw McLaren when they were atrocious. Really bad. Right, first year they had the Honda engine. And it sounded abysmal. It was slow. It broke down. It, they were horribly mismanaged when they decided to go for the size zero engine to try and get that competitive advantage. Well, that statement <laughs> aged like milk. And and it's just been a slow progression. You know, and and 
Zach Brown and 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 Co. I suppose uh, have have fostered a community spirit within the team that has culminated in a celebration on the radio. Mm-hmm. Unlike the witch, we have heard for so long <laughs> yes. when when they were like, "Oh, we're sorry for the listeners because they might be swearing," and all you can hear is Zach Brown going <laughs> "F yeah" in the background. In fact, it's so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in to the, this podcast now. And they're just so excited, mm. oh. and you can just hear it in in Daniel Ricardo's voice. He was yelling at the um, yelling at the camera, and when they when they went round like the final corners, and um, after they'd finished and had like they were in sync with each other and driving in sort of a formation, yeah. it was it was beautiful. And I mean, also hats off to yeah. Bottas as well for third, because uh, we might not squeeze mm. that into this podcast because <laughs> of everything else. But yeah, he had a great drive too. But I don't think there was luck, Liv. I don't think well, there was luck in this yeah. because, well, let's face it, Daniel Daniel Ricciardo got off the line quickest and qualified in second. So, you know, mm. there's that. And just stormed ahead and got in front of Max and held him it's back true, there. I, I, I would argue that there would have been... There would have been luck if Verstappen had been in front and then they had the terrible pit stop, etc. But because it was Ricardo in there at the beginning and held everyone back, McLaren's pit stop was pretty good, um, then I don't think it was luck. I think it was just the right car at the right time. They developed it for this. They had the right package. Daniel Ricardo had his cool head on and did what he did best. And thank goodness that you know we've seen that because mm-hmm. we were getting worried we were getting worried <laughs> that he wasn't going to be good um and he wasn't gonna you know pick it up but he did so no i think i think this time we can say that mclaren mm. won at least you know the f- top step of the podium through pure you know apples to apples skill you know versus versus red bull <laughs> norris might have been a bit of luck but you know it was a very well-deserved win for Ricardo. As you said, he did hold up, hold up uh, Max Verstappen very well. And you know, Norris going from fourth to second isn't to be scoffed at. But I think looking at this season, looking at how well Hamilton has done at sort of ploughing through uh, the pack, coming back from sort of lower positions to first or second, I think it's fair to say with him and Verstappen out of the race, and your biggest competitor being your teammates, and then Bottas, it's fair to say that it's slightly easier to win. The the race but still as you said like you know Ricardo did everything right McLaren did everything right and they were there to pounce uh, on what were mistakes by not only sort of the Red Bull uh, pit team but also the the Mercedes one as well you know that that pit stop from Lewis Hamilton was very slow as well I think it was around sort of uh, four seconds or so so you know quite uh, quite long in comparison to how you know they normally should be and I have to say as well uh, about Lando Norris you know overtaking Leclerc after that uh, safety car uh, was particularly impressive considering that if you actually look on the sort of replay you know one of his uh, wheels is indeed uh, on the grass it spits up a load of dirt and then still he's able to get the overtake where historically you've seen that happen and you know a car spun or it's hit another car because ultimately they can't generate the grip so you know they were daring they weren't there there was an element of luck but um I still find it incredible that McLaren are the only team this season to achieve a 1-2. Ahead of Mercedes, ahead of Red Bull, 
it's quite a remarkable achievement and you know none of us could ever have predicted this uh, at the start of the season or hell you know even a few races ago but the fact that's been done by McLaren shows you that you know with the regulation changes coming in the future is very very bright now you've got Norris who's being you know we know very consistent and Daniel Ricciardo having that G up by winning a race it's hard to argue that McLaren aren't going to do incredibly well for the remainder of this season and then, you know, the next season as well. Absolutely. I think, yeah, just go, uh, going back to uh, my my point and then your your both of your comments, I think, yeah, I would 1 million percent agree. The, the best term of to say it is that they took advantage and did it well of a situation that happened and i'm i'm not saying that i'm that anyone could have done that i think that other teams might not have been able to and that that is what shows that mclaren are so fantastic right now they've got such good drivers such talented and such you know strong team members you know those drivers care about their team so much and i think that lando's you know he's grown with that team and he he does respect them so much and i think yeah i don't think that anyone could have done it i'm not saying that but i do think that if max and lewis hadn't come together in that way it, it probably would have been uh, one of those two with, with the win and the other with you know with the second place i know they had poor pit stops but unfortunately i think they would have still made their way back through we saw what bottas did with that and you know with that car but you know what that's not what happened that happened that incident took place and they absolutely pounced on it and they did an incredible job um and yeah they certainly couldn't have been done by anyone so you know massive respect and yeah it shows you know daniel still he still has it and i think yeah it was crucial for their development and you're right that we'll probably see more from them this year i, I always you know had them in my mind as you know that third place team and then they asked where they are and I hope Lando comes third in the constructors mm. championship. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm interested to know actually on that. Um, how do you? What do you think about the whole Lando going? What should I do? You know, should I stay here or should I move forward? Should I pass him? You know, clearly, you know, as any as anyone would, any driver would, you want to be the one to go pass and get the win. But the team instructed him not to, and he took that. So, do you think that was a, the right call by the team, and why? And what did you think about what both drivers said? Norris is quite like a cheeky lad. And so I suppose if he was um, running, you know, up behind Ricardo, you're going to go on the radio and be like, look, you know, I've got people behind me. I don't think he's got it in him. Can I can I get in front? And I suppose if you don't take the punt, you'll never know. Mm. You know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So I'm not going to hold that against him. And actually, the reality of the situation was that they got back to him and said, you know what? What's best for us is mm. you do your job and we'll do ours. And he took that mm. and he just got on with it. And at yeah. the end, he was so happy for Ricardo. It wasn't like he was, if you go out of the car, it's a sulking. Yeah, we've yeah. seen that before, no, not from him, but others. Yeah. I don't think it was, it was out of out of step to say, look, I think I no. could be faster. Um, yeah. And actually, he did them a favour because he said, if you remember the order of events was he said on the radio, we need to go faster. His, his team engineer goes, all right, Ricardo, we've come up with a new strategy. It's drive faster, which was hilarious. Um, and Ricardo started putting in faster lap times. And hit by the end of the race, both Ricardo and Norris put in fastest laps. I mean, Ricardo got the fastest lap, which, by the way, because they got points during uh, sprint qualifying and the race and fastest lap, yes. that now gives them the highest points scored from any team over a course of a week a weekend um i don't think that includes the double points that we had in abu dhabi one year maybe 
Um, okay. There was yeah, a double yeah. points at some point, but anyway, if you ignore double points, that that's a that's a fun little fact for you. So no, I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he was he was right to take the punt, and they were right to say no, mate. If you want to get past him, you gotta you gotta go do it on the track. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just to be clear, I wasn't saying that I thought it was a bad thing. I was saying that I think it's brilliant that he he's yeah. you know he's such a team player that he absolutely like didn't even fight. You know, we've heard as you said, we've seen grumpy faces and we've heard people go, "What?" You know, <laughs> absolutely not. And I just want to add to that that I feel like you know, Lando, we all know now that Lando's going to get his wins. You know, he might even get world championships for all we know. He's going to get these wins in the future. Ricardo, you know is less likely in a few years to, you know, still be battling for those wins. So why the hell not leave them as they are? Ricardo had the pace and I think they, yeah, it was a great team decision. And yeah, Lando's re- reaction to the win for the team was, you know, so special. So, And I think as well, I think as well that it was so important for them to let Daniel Ricardo win, if that makes sense. Not saying that, you know, ultimately he was slower than Norris, but imagine if you're Daniel Ricardo, you've had a horrible uh, 2021 championship as it is. You were lingering down what in sort of eighth, ninth position in the drivers' championship. You've qualified in fifth. You've then got up to sort of a second in sprint qualifying, courtesy you know a bit of luck with Bottas uh, having the penalty, then Hamilton having quite a poor uh, Saturday. You get up to that position for the first time in what must be literally years. Granted, he did get a podium with Renault, but there was no chance realistically of him winning with that uh, yellow car. And then for Zach Brown and Code to go, hmm, well, it's really great that you got there, Danny Rick, but um, we want Lando Norris to win this race. Like, that would just crucify <laughs> his confidence and trust it would. In, in the McLaren team. So I think they played it really well. I think Norris played it well as well, you know, saying, you know, what do we need to do for the team, not what do we need to do for uh, my driver's championship, uh, if that makes sense. So um, it seems to be a very healthy dynamic when it comes to McLaren. And, um, Probably, you know, it's it's eerily healthy because we've never seen this sort of harmony, I suppose, between two drivers and their team principal maybe ever, I think, in my view. Like, if you think back to literally all of the successful teams in Formula One, those who have won championships and done very well, there's always been flashpoints and we're yet to see that with McLaren. I hope we don't see that, but um, fair play. I think they they played played it by the book, in my view. Yeah, I think... I think you're right, and it is unusual, but it's it's quite nice, and I think perhaps some other teams should perhaps take a look at the way that that McLaren are running at the moment, and mm. maybe apply mm-hmm. that 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 sort of feeling to the, their own team because it can be a bit cold at Red Bull, I think sometimes, and and that's not good. It doesn't make for a healthy dynamic, especially mm. when you want to retain drivers and, and make sure that they are you know they're working mentally at at 100% because it really does impact them if, if they feel like they're on their own and perhaps that's part of the reason why they had problems over the years with Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon but it doesn't matter mm. the point is is McLaren made absolutely the right calls over the weekend they knew what they were doing and yeah absolutely ecstatic for them absolutely and one of the reasons why they were able to secure that first place and second was courtesy of the crash on lap 26 for those who haven't seen it lewis hamilton was coming out of the pits he was level with max verstappen after a 4.2 second stop max previously had pitted and his pit stop was 11.1 seconds sorry nearly laughed there and ultimately they went into the first chicane max is on the inside hamilton on the outside some would say, including myself, that Hamilton drifted across and didn't leave Verstappen enough room. Max Verstappen then hits, of all things, the orange sausage curb, flicks the back of his car up, it literally lands on Hamilton's halo bar, both are out, and Max Verstappen says, 
Well, that's what happens when you don't leave me any room. Thoughts on that? I blame Verstappen more than Hamilton. I don't see it as a Verstappen only incident. I think it was, you know, racing and it was probably 60-40 Verstappen. But I, I personally don't think... I think Lewis had the corner from... I've watched it back so many times and I, I think Lewis did have the corner just. And I think that, again, like I've said before, you know, we talked about it after the Silverstone incident. I think if it was anyone else, they wouldn't have battled the way that they did. But there's just... It's those two, you know, they can't help but but put, you know, two... I was going to say fight tooth and nail, but beyond that, for a place, because of how much it means, because of who it is they're battling. And... um. Yeah, personally, I think it was more Verstappen. Um, I'm, but I'm not saying that Hamilton was clear of guilt. Um, I do think, though, that this 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 rivalry has brought out a, not the best side in Max Verstappen. I don't know if you guys agree. Like, we obviously, we saw mm. from Silverstone his comments, his social media posts. I remember him saying to you guys at the time, I don't know who's managing his social media, <laughs> but how the hell he was able to post, you know, all those comments... Oh, yo, you know the, how disrespectful it was to be watching it all from hospital whilst you're celebrating like that you just don't do that you just don't say that and then now the way just his attitude and the way he acts you know some say he did check on Hamilton some say he didn't check on Hamilton but when you, at the end of the day we're I mean once again we'll talk about the halo a million times but Lewis could have been very badly hurt in that incident and the fact that Max just walked off and then walked across the track as if there weren't other cars still on the track I just think he's his attitude yes he's young but is showing and it's not the nicest thing to see but that's off track that's off out of the car in the car 60-40 in my opinion I believe at Silverstone I I blamed Hamilton for, for the the incident because he basically punted Verstappen off as I think I said then and in this case it was Verstappen who was in Hamilton's place they switched so from from my perspective it's really easy just how I blamed Hamilton for for punting Verstappen off in this case it's Verstappen overcooking it and uh taking off Hamilton that's it that's how I viewed it and yes Mm. there was probably some Hamilton uh fault in there as well clearly reviewing the situation Hamilton is on the right-hand side because he can't cross the white line to the end of the pits and leaves the door open for Verstappen at the start of the chicane. But because there's another left-hand, because it's a chicane and it goes right to left, Hamilton is at some point going to have to turn left. And I will be damned if Verstappen didn't know that because he knows how to drive that. I think this is, again, symptomatic of the problems of the slightly thinner areas of the tracks, which is that you can't fit two cars side by side. Now, although I blame Verstappen, again, like you, Liv, I think it's sort of 60-40. So it's, it's only just on the Verstappen side. And so I think a three-place grid penalty is fair. If he gets pole position, he will be second row on the grid, which you might argue is not as detrimental as a 10-second penalty for in, in a race. Now, you might argue that for, for Hamilton it was nothing and it got, you know, the red flag mitigated that, but they are relatively consistent. In fact, they've given out these lighter punishments for this sort of stuff. My real gripe is against sausage curbs, because as soon as Verstappen got on that curb, he was a passenger. It bounced the car up. He could not move. He could not flick it in another direction. And what happened? He passed straight into Hamilton. Look, 
I don't know why we we seem to insist on if if a driver gets on the out or out of bounds and somewhere like the chicane then suddenly the punishment should be that the underside of their car gets destroyed they bounce and skid all over the place and potentially in this case damage other drivers and so therefore the sausage curbs are really to blame and and you don't have to look very far you go back a couple of years and you can see cars flying all over the place in from from um sausage curbs i think they're really bad for the sport they cause massive issues not just in formula one but for in in other racing divisions open wheel or or not and they have been the, the source of many incidents including this one over the years because if that sausage curb wasn't there Verstappen could have potentially, you know, braked and stopped himself and not hit the back of Hamilton. And so, yeah, I, I think 60-40 penalty is fair, but sausage curbs need to be absolutely removed because they are dangerous. Even the yellow, you know, the lying, the lying policeman ones, the yellow and black um, mm. bumps, those also, again, need to be removed. So, yeah, remove the stupid speed bumps. And I think you might have avoided this accident this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. I think really that the three-place penalty for Verstappen is, quite frankly, a bit ridiculous considering that both the cars were out of the race. There was no chance of them getting points because they were literally on top of one another. Compare that to the Hamilton one where he has a 10-second penalty, then gets a red flag, then fixes the car from what could be terminal damage and goes on to win the race. But a three-place penalty is, in my view, looking at the the talent of Hamilton to start with and looking at how buoyant the uh, McLaren cars will be going to the next race could be more consequential. And I think it's ridiculous because I feel this is a pure and simple racing incident. It's one of those where... As you say, Hamilton's got every right to compete for that corner, but then again, so has Verstappen. And when you look historically, people have been able to pass and to jostle and to contest for places without damage. You know, Kimi Raikkonen versus Lewis Hamilton, 2018, carbon copy of that. Uh, Massa versus uh, Verstappen, 2017. Once again, you know, there was contact, but none of the cars landed on top of one another. And I kind of fear that with this sort of retrospective penalty, it's almost trying to balance out the sort of uh, tension that exists within Formula 1 between uh, the Verstappen camp and the uh, Hamilton camp, i.e. when they come together, oh, you know, he was uh, more responsible there, let's slap him with a penalty and then vice versa. I don't think there's, you know, I don't think they're sort of uh, cowering to to the, you know, the, the, the will of the mob, if you will, but I think... I think it's quite harsh and it's one of those where as you said Verstappen was a passenger he was had every right to contest that corner but once he got on that green section then what what can he do which in my view makes the penalty so much more ri- ridiculous than it already was I think with the penalty if you consider it like in an incident if they weren't off they both would have lost a number of places you know recovering from the you know getting back on on track and i think if you think about the what happened with hamilton yes you know he was able to carry on um at silverstone but he didn't carry on from the front he had to make his way back up and so by giving verstappen a three place penalty next time just like hamilton had to do at silverstone except at a different race verstappen will have to make his way back up you know it, it's a very similar um situation in the sense that he may be a few places back than where he should be which is the same thing that happened at Silverstone Hamilton taking his 10 second penalty put him further back than he should be but both of them have the cars and the talent to make their way back up and so if I think Max is more than capable to regain those three places that he has to sacrifice in a few weeks 
or um so personally i think that it's a it's a about right i think it's very difficult to be also to be fair i think we should say that for the stewards to have to make this decision because you can't compare the situations that's you you Mm. just can't they're different situations but i can see especially with with my opinion that that verstappen was slightly more at fault i can see you have to penalize for something like that um and i think that three places for max isn't that difficult i i really don't see him struggling to to gain back three places the the red bull car and and the mercedes car are are unlike (laughs) unlike any other cars on the grid and and without you know the incidents happening they'll win they'll win almost every week but thankfully we've had some really exciting races this season where incidents have occurred that obviously thankfully everyone's okay from and it means that we've seen these surprise winners and these surprise podiums which have been so good like we absolutely love but um but yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, and I pre- I pretty much agree with that. I I think in the same way that we can look at Hamilton and say a 10, pe- second, 10 second penalty means that he'll be able to fight his way back up. You know, three place grid penalty means Verstappen can probably fight his way up, and if he can't, well, he did take someone off the track. And um, I and you can't necessarily argue that just because Hamilton was managed managed to get himself another podium means that Verstappen should be also entitled to another win as well. They are different drivers. And they are different. They're different incidents. And I think the stewards should definitely work on their consistency. I must admit, I think they have been inconsistent um, at times over the course of this season. But I think this one is is okay by my book and. Maybe if that's because we're just, you know, big McLaren fans. So we're like, oh, da, 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 da. oh no, Hamilton <laughs> and Verstappen have had an accident. As long as our precious Lando <laughs> and Ricardo win, that's fine. But, you know, it, the reality is you've got to have a bit of a, of a perspective on this. And they, they had to do something because they punished Hamilton. And so, yeah, that that's, that's my view on that. I think they are okay on this one. And we will either be hounded next week or vindicated Mm. when um, Verstappen either manages to claw back into first place or, you know, doesn't do very well at all because of a three-place grid penalty and we have suddenly all the the Verstappen fans, (laughs) the entirety of the the Netherlands, charging at Mm. us. I'm sorry. (laughs) Please keep listening. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to find out. But um, I, I, I just think that... 10 seconds that Hamilton got could would, would equate to probably around three places. So, I don't know. Well, we shall stop going back and forth because we'll be here forever. But, um, bear, well, yeah. oh, sorry, but, but Verstappen got an 11 second, uh, 11 second, um, uh, pit stop, which is actually only yeah. nine seconds. So, you know, it, it's actually slightly more than that if you think about it. I think for a three place grip penalty is only, you know, is a couple of seconds because he's yeah. only at the start of the race. So yeah. I reckon he's going to get up into second and then he's going to have a bit of a fight with Hamilton to try and get into first place, which is what we want. So, you yeah. know, that's unless it, really. of course, Unless, of course, like, <laughs> Nicholas Latifi's on pole or, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> or someone like that, you know. Imagine. It, I'll tell you what, this season you never know. You don't, you don't <laughs> know. Yeah, and actually, thinking about the two-place grid penalty, the three-place grid penalty, in, in some ways, it helps both Hamilton and Verstappen because it basically neutralizes Verstappen versus Hamilton going into turn one and turn two really true so we might actually get a better race out of it so before you raise your pitchforks all Verstappen fans (laughs) just think Mm -hmm. you might get a better race out of it because Verstappen's has first got to 
overtake some other people. And anyway, Hamilton might not even qualify in second or you know or whatever. We might get something completely different in Sochi. And yes, once again, Williams have got themselves some points, believe it or not. A ninth place for George Russell, 11th for Nicholas Latifi. I mean, if you'd asked me at the start of the season when we went to Bahrain, <laughs> would Williams be on uh, 22 points? I would have laughed at you. Would George Russell have been on 15 points? I would have laughed at you again. Would Nicholas Latifi be on seven? I would have howled in your face. But yes, that is where we are. And it's quite incredible. They've gone from the back to the lower middle to the points but they're losing George Russell, so it kind of has a bit of a, I don't know, a damp a damp taste in the mouth, if you will, considering they're going so well, but then is it going to go down again? What do you I th- think? I think that Latifi's proved that he can do it with without George. You know, like, I wouldn't consider any of Latifi's point-scoring moments as a result of George helping him. You know, he's, he's proven himself capable, and I, I do think, as with any driver, that it is a matter of confidence and a matter of belief and obviously there's a lot more but you know that helps and I think that now Latifi knows he can do it and he's got this weird kind of I think he he wants it more and he can feel like he can do it more and this weekend after this weekend he was genuinely disappointed about finishing 11th and that shows how far he's come and how far the team has come a Williams driver was disappointed about coming 11th I think we would have celebrated Mm. that if George came 11th we'd throw a party let alone if Nicholas came 11th before and now here they are you know 9th and 11th in a race that's solid midfield like that's solid midfield so I think I think that they'll continue on this this point scoring ways um you know when they when they um don't have don't have um George anymore because I they found something they found this little spark and the team are inspired Nicholas is inspired so no I'm and with Alex oh my god I wasn't here last week um, uh, you heard you didn't hear Tom Tom accurately depict as a future where Alex Albon goes to Alfa Romeo then oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the alternate future and that, that was that was good for one day yeah <laughs> oh, I, um, I regretted that yeah honestly I'm just qu- obviously I'm sorry listeners who have already heard that this conversation but um Oh, I'm overjoyed. <laughs> I'm so happy. We all know I loved a bit of Alex Albon, and I, I hate he never got his chance properly. And we we've gone over the treatment of Red Bull, you know, racing time and time again. But yeah, this is so exciting. Um, yeah, bring it on. And those two as a pair, you know, Nicholas and Alex were teammates back in 2018 in Formula Two with Dams, and you know they they're pretty sure they won the team won the team championship. And so and Nicholas and Albon were on the podium time after time after time. So massive yeah i'm so excited about that but but unfortunately i don't want to put a sort of a damp squid mm. on this but um if i was a williams fan and i had george russell in the car as the sort of team leader and then i was told next season you've got albon isn't that a bit of a downgrade he won't be the team leader i'm telling you nicholas will be nick i think uh, that, but no, is that is that an improvement a team lead i'm not saying it's an improvement. a team leader is not necessarily the quicker driver i think album will be the quicker driver he, he is a, he's a very quick driver and he's proven that when he you know he's had so many situations where he's been something's been snatched away from him when album should should have been you know on the podium etc but i think album's a quicker driver but i think nicholas will be the team leader because he's ingrained in that team now it's been there two years and he's he understands the team he understands the car and i think that he's ready to take on that responsibility so uh, i'm not saying that i think i think that george obviously that george is an outstanding driver but i still think that with albon in the car and with nicholas in the car that we will still we will be seeing them around that 
around that that like you know out of out of q1 for definite like more and more often and i think that that goes down to the team's hard work as well they've they've clearly perfected that car and you know george has you know ignited something at the team and i'm hoping that even when he's gone it will it will um remain i i really i maybe i'm being naive but i i think that they're not going to be last in the championship anyway <laughs> well we are looking through it through the lens of a, of the current car and next year mm. is a is a is a bit of a unknown and so uh, yeah i think they will score points or hopefully they will anyway these points and these positions that um, williams have managed to make up over the last few races represent millions and millions of dollars in terms of revenue and funding for them mm. to, to improve next year's car so alex albon i i still rate him as a driver and I think he was excellent, and it's great to see him come back into Williams. And I think Latifi is proving himself at the moment, um, especially as Williams were really not competitive going into qualifying. Their, their package, they actively said to everyone that they had not developed a Monza package. And so they were they were doing this on higher downforce than other people. So that's quite impressive, to be honest. So, yeah, I think we, we will see a continuation of some points next year. That'd be really nice anyway. It would be great if we had all teams um, winning points, all teams being somewhat competitive. So there is no harm in a fight for ninth, a fight for eighth, a fight for seventh, and so on. As much as we get wrapped up by the championship, these lower point scoring teams have their own battles. Do you remember last year, the, the fight for third with McLaren versus Racing Point came down to the wire? So... Yeah, I, th- I really do think that Williams have got themselves in a good position for next year. I think they have two good drivers and I think Latifi has proven himself. And, you know, let, let's just wish them all the success going forward. I mean, I, I certainly do. And, you know, it will be sad to see George not at Williams anymore. And there is going to be that a new dynamic definitely at, at the team because of that. You know, Mr. Saturday is gone. And they might have to work harder to get out of q1 if they have the same sort of package style as this year <laughs> but i don't think it's beyond them did you guys hear the rumors that apparently their first choice was bottas but he turned them down i heard the rumors mm, i don't know yeah. I, uh, I, d- I don't know if that's true but that's if it is true that's kind of damning isn't it no not necessarily he came he's from williams there. yeah he's and so why wouldn't he go back then and, and no. he also has good relations with the team manager of alfa romeo uh, they they actually worked closely together in the in the lower divisions when Bottas was coming through. So he's going to a he's going to a team where he knows management, and they might want different things from him there at Alfa Romeo as well. Plus, I don't know, it's a bit like returning to your old job. If you, you know, if, if, if you've said, oh, sorry guys, I'm moving to you know Mercedes, you don't want to go back. It's it's I I respect him for that. I don't think there's anything more to it than, let's face it, he's probably partly looking after his future and he thinks it's a new challenge, so why not? And anyway, Bottas going back means we wouldn't have Alex Albon and uh, Latifi. Don't don't you start with your predictions of him going to Alfa Romeo. (laughs) Listen, he could have easily gone to Alfa Romeo, easily. But he's decided to, to, you know, go for the Williams option. I wish him all the best, but as I say... (laughs) I, 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 I do kind of feel he's a bit of a downgrade. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't Alex. think he's a downgrade. Why do you think he's a downgrade? But I think even if he was a downgrade, he would still be a downgrade at Alfa Romeo as well, if that's your attitude. He either no, way. No, 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 no. He would be an upgrade on Giovinazzi. <laughs> he's a downgrade on George Russell. I think that's pretty, pretty fair to say, no? 
I, I don't know. I just, I just think that um, Alex Alwyn is better suited to the Williams environment. Mm. They're, they're very... They're, they're very family orientated. <laughs> he likes he likes all his pets. You know, he lives with his family all the time. I don't know. I just I don't see I don't see him as the at Alpha Alpha Omega, and I see him at Williams. And obviously, he's he's so close with George. I I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd been already sort of quite well known with the Williams team because he spent so much time with George. Like at the spa at spa, he spent the day when he came as a Red Bull um, reserve. He spent the day with Nicholas and George at Williams. Like he he that just seems like the place for him to go. But anyway, it's happened now. So um, fair enough. But, yeah, but, fair but enough. George um, at Mercedes, I honestly cannot wait. So thank you very much for once again listening to another episode of F1 in Review, episode 21, I believe. And thank you as well for listening to us talk about the Monza Grand Prix, where once again, what happened was what we didn't expect, a different winner this time. Last year it was Pierre Gasly, this time it is Daniel Ricciardo, uh, saying no to all the haters and very much showing that he never left in his words. Uh, Next week there'll be no Formula 1, we'll have to wait until the 24th of September, where we go to Russia for the Grand Prix there, so we'll pick up all the arguments we've just finished off with, and perhaps see what's happening at Alfa Romeo. Will Giovinazzi stay there? Will Nick DeVries go in? Will somebody else completely come in? Will, you know, Robert Kubica decide, hey, one more hurrah? We'll wait and see, hopefully, in the next episode. Until next time, thank you very much for listening.